Hello and welcome to another episode of Hide and Speak with me, Matt Saxon. Before I get into today's episode, I would just like to say a couple of things. The first of which is thank you very, very much for the response to the previous episode, episode 11 with Brick Bentham. Um, the response was really, really nice. Um, lots of comments came into my inbox and I saw on the stats that quite a lot of people listened to it, which was really nice, but also it looked like a lot of people went back to other episodes and listened to those as well. So, um, yeah, thanks for doing that, and I hope you like all of the episodes. Um, And if you do, perhaps maybe you'll consider leaving a little review, maybe like it on whatever platform it is, subscribe to it on whatever platform. Um... Yeah, because that all because that all helps massively, and um, I very much appreciate it if you've done that already. So thank you very much. And secondly, I'd like to mention that today, the sixth of April, I released a new single under the project The Early Purple, and um, yeah, it's out everywhere. It's called Summerhide. I had loads of fun making it. I made it with a bunch of people who are in the live band, and um, yeah, I really enjoyed putting this one together and. Yeah, if, if you're into the if you're into the early purple, go and give it a go and give it a stream. Check it out and let me know what you think. My social media platforms for them should all be at the early purple. Um, go follow it if you haven't already, and you know send me a message and I'd love to hear what you think. And also on May the fourth, I'm playing a hometown gig, which is my biggest gig yet at Wyland Brewery. Um, also performing is previous guest um, I don't know episode 2 I think I've got Imogen coming home she's amazing live I don't understand how I've got her to support me um, and we've also got um, a folk duo Anna and Jesse, who are local um, artists who are I'm really excited to see they're very kind of new on the scene um, so yeah, really excited to see them perform live. But yeah, that's Wyland Brewery, May the 4th. Tickets are on sale. I'll link them up in the description somewhere. Yeah. Okay, moving on to today's episode. We have David Burdis of the London-based duo Black Shape. Black Shape are a riff-based, heavy kind of rock band, um, big drum beats, slightly tongue-in-cheek lyrics um yeah it's it's good stuff man if you if you don't um if you're not too familiar with their stuff you should stop the podcast now and you can go and listen to a bunch of albums that they've got out it's all on spotify all the platforms they've been releasing music through a record label called rat run records we talk a little bit about this in the podcast but You'll hear that um, Dave is a huge inspiration of mine. When I kind of came up in the Newcastle music scene, I saw his bands just playing gigs all the time. And yeah, whatever band he's been in, it's always been like super high quality musicians playing. Um, Yeah, and, and I don't know, you'll hear me kind of gushing a little bit about Dave's music because... Yeah, he's a big inspiration. But anyways, um, the podcast is quite a long one. I didn't really want to edit this one down too much, so I've left it all in. 
he's a fascinating bloke. Um, I'll be back at the end of the of the episode to talk a little bit more about it. And uh, yeah, I'll not waffle on any longer. This is episode twelve with Dave Burdus from Black Ship. Hello, Dave. I'm joined here by um, by Dave Burdus. Brilliant name for the podcast, by the way, Burdus. I know it's a oh, U, okay. isn't it? Yeah, but, yeah, you know, yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh-huh. Phonetically, it sounds like yeah. bird, doesn't it? Yeah. So. That's that's why I'm here. <laughs> so I've got Dave from um, Black Shape, uh, one half of the the London-based. We are, yeah, London-based. Heavy based. metal. Definitely heavy, yeah, and pretty metal in in places. Mm-hmm. And we're um, we're here at Thornley Bird Hide Woodland Centre. Um, one thing that I like to do with the guests of the podcast is, is get them to describe where we are just for the sake of the listeners um, understanding and also believing that we're not just sitting in a studio with some sound effects playing in the background um, Okay. so well, yeah take it away Dave we're in a, a wooden bird hide and we're looking out of a, a window and straight ahead of me is a table with a cage on that looks like um, an upside down shopping basket and uh, a bird watcher has recently come and put some fe- uh, bird feed in uh, on the table so that we might see some some action. Um, we've already seen a deer and some pheasants and a couple of other little guys. There's a pond that's uh, mostly you can't really see the water, mostly covered by reeds and stuff. And then there's um, trees in front of us. And then what looks like some sort of cleared cleared walkway, and and some grassy grassy knolls. Can't see any birds at the minute. Yeah, but I'm sure they'll be along. Maybe maybe we're scaring them. Maybe it's our voices. I think once they settle. Uh huh. Once they get used to it. There. Who's that? So we've, we've got a a, a nut hatch has just jumped down in in, uh, in inside in the the, the shopping basket. basket. Yeah. Just nicked some food and and then just darted straight away. Uh-huh. But yeah, um, minimal action at the moment. But, but this um, is this where you and John saw that um, saw a heron eating a frog. Yeah. Yeah, we we're just discussing that um, previous episode with the dawdler. This is the this is the hide that we were at where the <laughs> where the heron ate a live frog or a toad. I can't really remember which one, but um, just ate it whole right in front of us. It was a. Mm. It was an event. So we've got um, we've got like I think it's a holly tree. Is it a holly tree? Right in front of us, I think so. Uh, um, I guess so. We're getting a lot of like little, little woodland birds in front of us. We've got some, um, a blue tit, a great tit, and a cool tit. I'm seeing as well. And it's a nice, I don't know. It's like a nice brisk January morning. There's a squirrel um, over there, grey squirrel. We've got grey squirrels, but you um, you were telling me earlier on that as your day job you're a you're I a work, gardener work, at yeah, a, yeah, at I a work park in, in London. The, yeah, Springfield Park in Hackney, and we've got a big pond, and we occasionally get a heron there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hangs around on the island, and we've got Canada geese and Egyptian geese. And coots and moorhens and ducks. Uh, 
and loads of pigeons. And we've got this mad old guy who, t- who turns up most mornings and uh, he, he chucks loads of cakes around. And he's called, mm. the, the known as the Birdman of Hackney. Is he? Yeah. And, and the, but the crack is that it's, it's his, his family's bakery or something and it's all the trade waste from the bakery that he's getting rid of, like, for... Because he doesn't want to pay. So he chucks all these cakes around and then there's just... So what, a, does he have to pay for the disposal of it or something? You, you would he? have to, yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's business, if it's waste from your business, then you would have <coughs> to pay to get to get rid of it. So he's, he turns out... He hasn't been as bad uh, recently, but maybe it's because it's winter. What, is he a nuisance to the park? Oh, yeah, he just leaves shit everywhere, like bird... Uh-huh. Well, like, literal bird shit. Like, the, the paths get covered in... You know, ah, and right, shit okay. and that, and then. So I've heard that things like like baked goods aren't cakes good that. for. No, no, uh, of course they're not. Because it's salt and that. Mm-hmm. And but he's and then people have tried to get him and, and tell him, but he just I think he must be rich or something because he just he says oh no there's nothing you can do I'll just pay the fine whatever. Really? Yeah. Um, Birdman of Hackney. Yeah, he's f- he's famous in in that park anyway. And Ooh, you got it goes. Squirrel look. Oh yeah, he's coming quite close, isn't he? Yeah, squirrel right in front of us. He's having a little hop around. Oh, we get loads, loads of squirrels in the park as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so like so working in a park, um, you must, you must kind of uh, see a lot of birds, obviously. And how, how would you describe your, your, um, your bird knowledge and your, your activity? It's not, it's not great. Um, but I, t- I was saying before, it was once or twice we've seen a, a, a green woodpecker mm-hmm. in the trees, and you, but more more often you, you hear them. Oh yeah. Uh, they might see them. There's a pheasant there. Yeah, glorious pheasant right in front of us now. Um, we've seen uh, hedgehogs, and there's loads of foxes as well. I've seen this. Um, oh, okay. oh well, I come I come back to the to the yard after we'd finished there. Uh, a job. This was on Thursday afternoon, and there was a pigeon there that had, had its head pulled off. And uh, and then this other guy came up and I went, "Oh, look at that! There's a pigeon with no head." <laughs> and uh, and I was wondering what to do. And then this fox come running out from underneath one of the vans and just picked it up and ran off. Ah, I'll take care of that, Buri- mate. Buried it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he buried yeah. it right next to the depot, but I haven't told anyone because I didn't want to like get given the job of going to. Dig it up and get it away. The, what the fox buried it in in the ground. The fox well, did. Well, it was like this um, pile of just dirt and leaves and that. He buried oh, it. Yeah, okay. he'd be keeping it for later probably. Because <laughs> they get, um, I think they they dig underneath our our bit where our changing rooms and our kitchen and where our, where we have our, our breaks and that. Mm-hmm. They dig under there, and I think they live there. And then there's another lad I work with who. There's like there's mixed views on it, but he does it anyway. He feeds them, um, so they're they're always hanging around. And uh, if you leave, because we've got these buggies, what we drive around, we transport oh, the yeah, tools. Oh yeah, saw the music the video. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 and and if you if you leave anything on the buggy, the fox will go and piss on it, like your gloves or any any kind of clothes. The fox oh, will right, go okay. and have a piss or a, have a shit on it. But because they, because they they're so well fed, like in London, the foxes. But it's mostly like 
stuff they shouldn't be eating, like kebabs and that out of bins and stuff. That the the shit's really <laughs> rank, so it was like oh, no. it had a shit on the buggy and it was like just really, really runny. If oh. <laughs> someone had to clean it, I, I made me uh, made me excuses and so I didn't uh, have to do that. There, what's that squirrel eating? There's a squirrel climbing up there. He's he's halfway up a branch and uh, he's chowing down on something. He's found something in a hole. Uh huh. He's enjoying it. Yeah. Oh, is it? I've just seen a little mouse down there. Tiny little mouse in these um, branches. It's just snuck in, but I don't know. Keep an eye out on these um, these logs. Uh huh. What what side was he at? Uh, just our side on the right hand side. Mm-hmm. Um, and what he went underneath? And he went inside. Yeah. Just mm. like lovely little little brown mouse. Uh huh. Whoa, windy. Wow. That's very blustery. Me scone bag. Was going the distance there for a second. So yeah, you've um very kindly come to to visit the bird hide with me from um from London. Well you very very kindly asked. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean I'm a huge fan of of uh this this newest latest project. Um obviously um I'm a fan of well, I've known you for years, man. Um, like the college years, all of the bands that we were in, we were all gigging together and stuff, weren't we? And uh-huh. Always like looked up to your bands and it, your particular um, musician skills. Yeah, well, I always tried really hard to to give, give people their money's worth. You want to produce <laughs> something? Definitely, yeah. Of of um, of quality. So. Um, so Black Shape is is the latest thing, and um, you've got an album coming out later this month. Um, very nicely titled. Well, I, I don't want to say it because there's other people in the bird hide. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> Do you that? Would that pick up on the microphone? Yeah. Fuck me. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, well, we got we recorded that in I think it was 2019. Or no way. Yeah, but it was supposed to. Because we've done, done London, and that come out on uh, Hominid mm-hmm. Sounds, and then we went straight on, wrote and recorded the next one, and then that was supposed to come out as well, but then Pandemic, right. and, then, and then nobody was really putting anything out, and then there was a massive uh, backlog on uh, the actual physical copies. Like vinyls and, and stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, so we just we just sort of moved on, and we wrote and recorded another one, in the in the lull between lockdowns, so that would probably been like um, I don't know twenty. What year is it now? It would have been twenty three. Twenty, I think, and or it might have been twenty twenty one. We recorded another one, and then pandemic two happened, and so that one didn't come out either. And now they they finally they we recorded another one after that lockdown. And that was the mind guts one, which is out. And then now finally, this the f- the first one that we recorded is coming out. And then the so month after, the next one's coming out. In the meantime, we've so recorded another one. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> slow down, slow down. So, so this latest album was recorded in 2019, 2020. Yeah. Um, you postponed that. You put out mind guts, but you also put out London which is a 45-minute-long track. 
Uh-huh. Um, which is an album, basically. Yeah. Well, that was before that. that so was that was earlier, wasn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. you, you were releasing a lot of stuff um, independently, like DIY on Bandcamp, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so you're releasing an album now. I'm so confused. January 25th. Uh-huh. But then you've got, you've just dropped the, you've got another album and yeah, then that's, another that's album Fe- after that. February the 25th, I think. You know what? One one thing that's always like tripped me out about you is how much you just, how much you can put out, how prolific you are. Uh-huh. And it's always amazing stuff. How, how do you do it? Like, what's the secret? <laughs> um... I don't do you know. just like I not give? Do you just not give a toss, and do you want to just like get it out to, quickly? There's a there's a bit of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's because I've been writing music for bands and playing it live and recording it for so long now that you get to a point when you're writing that you you know that it's never going to be exactly as amazing as the idea that you initially had. Mm-hmm. And you you just learn to live with it and just go right, just crack on, just move on, just do the next one. Um, and also, um, when you, I've been reading uh, a lot of fiction and also like reading about a lot of writers' different processes, and then when you look at someone like, say Stephen King, for example, who I really really like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like writing all the time, writing every day. And so I was trying to adopt some of that kind of work ethic and and put it in into into writing music. So I just like this, pretty much every day, I'll get out what whatever I, we're working on at the time, have a look at it, and make sure I'm making some kind of progress. Or like if we're if we're rehearsing or whatever, I'll always make sure there's something new. Okay. So it is. It's a conscious thing to to just make sure that you're working on it all the time. Well, it's it's like easier said than done. Is is I guess what I'm trying to get at. Like I don't know how you. It's oh well, so another thing is that having been doing it for this long, you have you just kind of you honed get used it a to, little. Yeah, you get used to that thing of like, or you get you get over that thing of, oh, hang on, that sounds a bit too much like this, and yeah. you, you just learn to go, ah, oh, sorry, I'm not, I'm not. You know what? What you're gonna do? Just not do stuff. Yeah. Just yeah. crack on, and then. That's just amazing. Crack on, crack on. Um, oh, what's that? That's a magpie. That's a magpie. Just come down. Do you get many magpies in London? Um, you do. We get more crows in the park than uh, than any. Well, probably pigeons and crows are most prolific. But the crows, crows always go into the bins and that, and they, and they always pick on the other birds as well. Oh yeah. And uh, I, f- I found a pigeon with a, a puncture wound right through its chest once, which I think, and I had an eye missing as well. I think that was the, the, the crows. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> Nasty buggers. Aye. Look at that squirrel's not, not there. Not many magpies. We have seen them. What's that squirrel doing? It's like doing a Mission Impossible move. Hanging by its feet on this, uh, yeah, and look at how quick it's moving. Imagine that, like, relatively the size that branch would be to you, or maybe like, like some big size of like the height of some multi story flats, and it's just climbing up, like, and then <laughs> climbing down face first, yeah, 
Amazing. But I guess that's like that's what he wants to do, isn't it? I, I mean, if we really is, wanted yeah. to do it, we'd have to. I mean, there's some people who do really want to do that and do it. <laughs> so this uh, video of a guy just scaling a skyscraper with no like free solo in it. I yeah, so, someone done that up the shard. I think they did anyway. And they yeah, yeah. Is that French guy? Gets arrested every time he does it as well. Like so, he gets to the top and he's about to celebrate, and then he's put in handcuffs and uh-huh. driven away. But he's like, it is worth it. Uh huh. Yeah. And then there's that Alex Honnold guy who free soloed uh, El Capitan in Yosemite. Have you seen that movie? No. Is it, um, uh, what's it called? Free Solo. No, I've not seen that. It's utterly terrifying. I don't like heights. No, nah. me, me neither. Well, that's um, a good segue to move into um, talking about your bandmates, because I know oh, an- right. Andrew... You, you yeah, Andrew, is, uh, his day job is a rope access worker. Mm-hmm. So he hangs off buildings. Um, he has to go up to the top and then like climb out on the roof or whatever and then find something suitable to to attach his ropes to hitch to. himself to yeah, yeah. and then have sails off the off the side at the top down to whatever floor it is that needs the work doing whether it's but what like kind of work is it like washing no, windows so different. and stuff sometimes cleaning windows or sometimes it's like brickwork um in like replacing old bricks or doing the pointing and that or sometimes it's other sort of window things or sometimes it's um it's on the roof so sometimes it's like more heavy duty construction Ah, yeah. Thing where they're building new new things uh-huh. all together, where they have to put these massive panes of glass into into place, or or like these big sort of supporting girders and stuff like that. That's wild. Yeah, not for everyone. Nah. But he, I mean, he said to me that if you understand the physics and the load bearing capacity of the ropes, then it's fine, really. But mm-hmm. I still don't think I, I would be able to overcome like, that. It's like that with me because I work in the lift engineering business and um, it's like I feel like 50% of my job is telling people that they're safe when they're in a lift just Mm -hmm. telling them about the physics of what happens with a lift how it goes up and how it comes down and how Uh fast it's possible for it to go up or go down a lot of people have this myth that lifts are just going to like drop at like breakneck speed and then and is that just not possible then? well um of course it's possible, but it would be a, a catastrophic failure on all of like uh-huh. the safety but features you never of the know. lift. I mean, you never know, because like, what if what if whoever's been installing this vital component had had like just a massive night on the lash the night before he was doing it? Do you know what I mean? Like, how much do you trust? Exactly. Um, I guess you've got to put tr- you know you put your trust in a doctor when you go in for an operation. Um, uh-huh. It's the same, you know, with the coppers and everybody. You, you just got to trust them that they've got the qualifications and the know-how. And uh-huh. Well, that's what Andrew does anyway, working at height. But he also plays mm-hmm. plays drums in yes. in black shape. And he's also, um, well, he's the he's the main catalyst really for all the all of our activity. Like he's been there. One that's going, uh, going out to gigs to find other bands to play with and find good promoters, mm-hmm. um, and he found the place where we do all our recording. He went and found Wayne and got in touch with him. Is um, Wayne your producer? Wayne is yeah. He's done everything since. Um, there was one before London. 
that we did. That was our first one with him. Mm -hmm. um, or actually, Cleaver went in by himself, and just to like sort of introduce himself to Wayne and see what what his crack was. And he made this instrumental recording with guitar and percussion, and it's absolutely mint. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know if anyone has a copy of it. <coughs> but that was a, the first thing that he did with Wayne. The first thing we did was um, mm -hmm. it was one that didn't get a proper release or anything. And then then we did London. Um, and everything since has been with Wayne, and he does like um, his studio is called Bear Bites Horse, and and he's really good at uh, does loads of heavy bands in London. He does his own thing as well, like um, electro, like aggressive electronic okay. sort of thing, and uh, uh, does yeah mostly really heavy bands, and he always makes us sound a lot better than we actually are. Sonically, it's, it sounds amazing. Yeah, the, the, I, the I saw him, but Cleaver's the one that went out and found these people, um, and they organised all our gigs and and everything really. Until until recently, because he's got a couple of kids now, I was trying to take take the heat off him. So I've uh, been trying to get involved more with social media, which is something I'd never bothered with before not because I was trying to make some kind of yeah. statement or not because I felt myself above it I just sort of hadn't really bothered at all but mm -hmm. <coughs> it's a necessary evil unfortunately isn't it well I don't see it as an evil really Are you I mean it? I get <coughs> yeah I mean I get why people can become obsessed with it yeah um but I sort of I mean I've been get I've got this um video editing software to, to to make make our own videos to increase our online presence, and I've been enjoying that. Um, it's a different creative um, medium to to work with. So your videos are all on, you know, YouTube and online and stuff. Um, everyone can obviously search Black Shape on YouTube, find it. Um, so you're you're using for your music videos. A lot of them are stock footage kind of stuff isn't it the, the, the yeah for the moment because i don't i don't own a well i've, t I've recently acquired a smartphone from work mm -hmm. but i don't know if i'm supposed to use it for not work things but i might just do it anyway and see if i get told off so so yeah i've been limited <coughs> to to stuff that i've that i can find on like on f there's loads of websites that you can just get free footage from either old Mm -hmm. old stuff or copyright free things or things that have been filmed specifically for people to just use however they want yeah um but yeah i'm gonna try i'm gonna try and do some more original footage uh, i think the style for your for your songs is it's perfect it's like really fast paced kind of um fast edits um of all of this mad footage yeah i'm a, i'm aware of that i'm trying to just sort of make the best of, of uh, limited resources mm -hmm. but there's that much stuff there it's quite, it's quite time consuming but it's if that's the way people it's are really consuming fun. music then I guess that's we might as well crack on and see what we can do yeah it's fun to edit videos as well I, I edited my video and for like two days I had a whale of a time uh -huh. was that the one with the thing towers falling down oh no that was um I just found that on YouTube and just 
put my music over the top of it. Uh-huh. Was it? <laughs> um, was it? Oh, it's in slow motion, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's in slow. Did you, yeah, did you do that? I slowed it down, uh-huh. and then um, yeah. So it's the Blythe Power Station yeah. demolition in 2003, which I was there actually. I watched the thing in real life, and um, it was really funny. And it was it was a huge event. I remember like everyone from Blythe turning up and watching from across the water these these towers coming down. It's class. Um, was it loud? Uh, I can't really remember, to be honest. It was quite far away. I mean, it was exactly what you imagine. Like, if you watch that video, it's pretty much exactly that. It was, it, you heard, like, these kind of, like, dull bangs, and then you saw them just kind of tower, and then then it was over, and then everybody walked away. It was like a fireworks display, you know, that kind uh-huh. of vibe when a town gets together for a fireworks display. Have you seen Fred Dibner? No, what's that? He's this uh, really old-school demolition man. Oh, right. And he'd knock down uh, chimney stacks. Okay. Um, and he would, he would like knock a hole in the bottom of them, mm-hmm. and then go in and light a big fire and that with loads of dynamite and stuff, and then just run. What? Just so like unofficial, yeah. or he was no, like no, paid no, to do like, it? This was in the seventies. Yeah, we'd get, oh, he'd get the job and that. What's his name? Like, sorry, Fred Dibner. Fred Dibner. Later on, he, he he went and like restored a bunch of steam engines and that, and he had a working okay. a working coal mine in his in his back garden with the shaft and everything and all. Really? Yeah. That's cool. He's mint. And there's a, there's a documentary about him, and uh, and it just it shows you what it was like back then, the demolition process. Mm-hmm. And there's there's no no like um, clipping yourself on with proper ropes and that, just yeah, climbing up ladders. No health and safety. Ladders, what, <laughs> just like tied around these chimneys, climbing right out the top. Crazy. No ropes or anything. Amazing. I'll, I'll have to. But check it wasn't that out, wasn't yeah. him then that demolished Blythe Power Station. I have no idea who it was. I pro- <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming it, it wasn't. wasn't. Uh, I'm probably um, I'm pretty sure it was a controlled uh, demolition. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, no, I was talking about a previous video where um, I just kind of um, was that just like studio footage. It was like studio footage, and I went on a camping <coughs> trip and just took loads of kind of B-roll of like the the mountains and the trees and. Mm-hmm the streams and stuff like that i just went camping one day and i just took my gopro and just like filmed the camping trip walking up this mountain and camping for the night and then spliced it together with studio footage and um but the reason i'm bringing it up is just the the act of like learning how the program worked how the mm-hmm. editing software and like dragging all of your footage in and like editing it all together I really really enjoyed it it was very time consuming uh-huh so yeah, it is it's um well, I can already see like a big difference in the between the first ones that I did mm-hmm. and the the more recent ones. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's like a lot of things. Like the better you want it to be, the more time it takes. Whether it's like drawing a, drawing yeah. a good picture or or writing a good piece. Do you know what I mean? Like if you well, spend yeah. more time writing it, or rewriting it, and and I found the same with with videos as well. Like the more time you put into it, make sure everything's yeah, as yeah, it definitely. as it should be. But these, it's it's all rewarding. I mean, any kind of creative activity I've always found. Yeah, and I've also got a a new kind of appreciation for the people who do make music videos as well. Like, mm-hmm. I look at stuff now slightly different. I'm like, oh, how did he film that? Or how did she edit that together? Yeah. Do you use Shotcut? Is that a software? Is that what you yeah. use? No, I, I used um, DaVinci, I think it's called. I don't know that one. I only got Shotcut because it's free. So is DaVinci. Is it's it? like, oh apparently right. it's like oh this God, professional 
like a, a super professional program and it's free you can uh-huh. upgrade it i think yeah but the free version is like more than enough for what i use it for shortcut yeah not, I, the, not the, not the to, best like but to, well to be honest davinci like eats up my processing speed on my laptop so I, w- I, I might look into that and uh-huh. well i have to close something. i have to close everything <laughs> yeah. and if you try and open anything it just glitches out yeah and like rendering it takes what's, like what's that one ages. there then? What's that? So what have we got here? Oh, this is like a nice little coal tit. Did you see that? Coal tit. Coal tit. Yeah, and him he, there. He's the just sat on yeah. the um, uh-huh. on the basket. Um, and him in there is a dunnock. Um, nice little. They usually There's like definitely feet. definitely a dunnock. Should we check with the? Should we check with the expert? The it's a dunnock. Yes. It's yes. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> oh, what? Sorry. Hedge sparrow. Hedge sparrow. Yes, yeah. I learned that recently actually. Yeah, we've got the benefit of a couple of birders in the bird hide with us who are very kindly being quiet and just enjoying the the morning as well. But uh, they've I've I've nominated them as my uh, fact checkers for this podcast. Yeah, and um, I've nominated Matt as mine. <laughs> yeah, well, my I mean, listeners of the podcast will know that I say this every time. I'm not a huge um like well of knowledge on birds i've i've got like a an average birder kind of knowledge so i do every once in a while need to check stuff um so yeah um where were we let's talk about the new album um i've got some i've 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 heard the album very they've very kindly sent it over i've listened to it about three times through and um it's thoroughly enjoyable. Um, it's got some absolutely hilarious moments as well as some moments which are just like mind blown what, in terms what, of like. What moments did you find hilarious? Um, I think lyrically you're very funny. Um, I like your lyrics a lot. I like how um, um, you're very rude a lot of the time. Yeah, <laughs> in yeah your quite quite foul mouthed. <laughs> if these if these people weren't here. But it's like it's it almost it it's. It feels a bit like stream of consciousness when you're like pissed off with someone a lot of the time like yeah a lot of it's that kind of like where you're just sort of having a an in inward rant at yeah other people's behavior there's that and then there's um obviously th- there's a track called what um what 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 we could almost like do a little <laughs> could, podcast yeah. version of that of course we? we could i mean that's all it was yeah um I thought that it was inspired by Dudley Moore and Peter Sellers, um, but I turned out it's not. It, it I found out that no, it's not. No, just to um, me and Claver getting aggro with each other. Yeah, it's brilliant. Just wait until you hear it. It's fantastic. Um, it's not. It's not really. It's brilliant. Don't. don't it's <laughs> it's so simple. Yeah, it's so satisfying as well. Um, but there's obviously. Um, Lubick, Lubick. How do you pronounce it? Lubick. Yeah, it was. Lubick. Um, it was um, a secondary character on the... Um, Masters of the Universe, am I right? Yeah. I yes. Know. I did my Very research. Good. Detective yeah. Lubick. Yeah. And I, that's I his thought that it was going to be some... Like, I was listening to it the other day and I was thinking, oh, it must be like some kind of like ancient philosopher or something like that. <laughs> so I typed it into Google expecting some like Greek mythology to pop up and then, no, it's a character in Masters yeah, of the it's Universe. The guy, it's the guy that plays um, the principal. Yes, he's in uh, Back, Back to the, the Future, future yeah. as well. Um 
Yeah, so what's what's the origin? Why have you written a song about him? Well, it's not really about him. It's just a case of one, two different ideas. <clears throat> well, the whole the whole piece was just an excuse for that big guitar solo. Which it? which is one <laughs> of these moments on the album that I wanted to talk about. Uh, sorry, continue. But the Lubick, something me and my brother used to say to each other, because that was like Lubick's, the, the character, that was his... Um, Great, his, his big moment in the film was when they're getting attacked by aliens and that, mm-hmm. and he's he's like the small town cop who suddenly finds himself totally out of his depth in this yeah. interdimensional space war, <laughs> um, and but all of a sudden he's like he gets his he gets his um, gets his mojo and he pulls out his shotgun and he's and that's his quote is all right people, all right freak goes you want to play games and he's like nobody takes pot shots at Lubick and he jumps out yeah. from behind his car and starts like blasting all these alien guys like pseudo stormtroopers and, <laughs> uh, and but that's that's just that quote really but the the verses are just uh, about the the sort of history of London okay and and if you go um, well I was just reading this book about um, about death and the different ways they had of, of burying people in the mm-hmm. plague pits and okay. uh, and Victorian sort of burial practices and all that kind of thing. But the the whole thing was just sort of plonked together from bits and bobs, just as an excuse to do a massive guitar solo. And it's not just a, like a guitar solo. It's a, there's some weird kind of UFO synths, and as you've really, uh, well, you've, like, it, it sounds like you really have like indulged in. And that's you playing guitar, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, see, this is this is the thing with Dave, right, guys? Okay. Right, guys. <laughs> it, you're like an enigma, man. Like, on on what a lot of people see is these bands that you're in. They're heavy. They're riffy. Like it's it's like rock and like really raw kind of stuff. But then you'll just pull out a solo that sounds like it's from a like a Van Halen song from the '80s, like hair metal era, and it's just like. I didn't know you could do that. And then you you were in a jazz band playing like ridiculous jazz guitar as well. It's just uh-huh. this this seems like there's many layers to you as a musician. And I'd I'd, I'd like to get into that at some point in this okay. this, this chat. But yeah, yeah so, so Lubick's got um, go and check it out if you haven't already. It's got about three minutes of a guitar solo or something. Yeah, I think it's longer than the rest of the rest of the track. <laughs> It's amazing, and it's like one. It's it's like one solo after another, and it's. Well, it. it what's caused, the idea behind well, that? Well, it's it's the key. The piece is in A flat, and then it goes up a fourth, mm-hmm. to to D flat for the first solo, and then it keeps moving up a fourth, every time till mm-hmm. it's gone through the entire, all twelve keys, <laughs> to, but till you're back to the original key, and then each key change, has a different theme. So I wanted them to contrast one amazing. to the other. So the first one is like. A rapid uh, tapping passage for any guitar yeah. geeks. It's it's the pentatonic scale, but played with three notes per string on your left hand, mm-hmm. and then and then tapping a fourth note. Yeah, yeah. And then moving down the the strings, and then a bit of a sweep picking thing, and then I think there's some kind of chromatic polyrhythmic thing uh, that's double tracked in semitones, and then and then uh, and then a slide. 
thing with like a bit of fuzz and like delay sort of thing. And then and this was just this was just me and Wayne as well sitting in the studio doing this. Is this like a late the, night studio session? No, things. no, it was during the day. I think Andrew had gone to probably get some food or, or like deal with the kids or something. Right, like Andrew's that. gone. The drummer's yeah, gone. Let's yeah. like have some fun. And we did have a lot of fun because he he's got all pedals and amps and everything, yeah. all kind of mad shit. Um, and the I'm forgetting what's next. There's a chordal bit and then there's some more bits and then there's a. Like an acoustic guitar oh, yeah. part and then, as well. And, and then there's a bit where it's just... Uh, well, it's Wayne actually just messing around with some pedal. I, I'm <clears> forgetting <throat> what it was called, like the Brain Destroyer or the right. Data data Mindfuck or something. <laughs> and uh, It's amazing. Until it gets back. And then there's a, there's a quote, a slash quote from You Could Be Mine. That's the, very, the final phrase. It's like a. It's one of his solos. It's it's the quote from the beginning of "You Could Be Mine." You know, I don't know what that is. Oh, I didn't. I didn't pick up on that. I'm not a huge Guns N' Roses fan, so I didn't. But yeah, okay, right. I'll I'll listen to that with hindsight. Yeah. But also back to the video editing that you've been doing as well. Like I really enjoyed the the music video that accompanies it because every solo has a new clip of this kind of stock footage and uh-huh. I don't know like you know some it's like busy kind of escalators in a, in like a Japanese mall or something like that is one shot and then another one is like some guy shooting an AK47 it just it just perfectly fits the vibe of the whole like uh just the whole song, really. And well, uh, it's good that you should think that because, I mean, it's, it's, it's some of these things, if you don't worry too much about them, sometimes they make more sense in retrospect. Yeah, yeah. Because I wasn't thinking that much <laughs> about, like, oh, what fits? I was just going, oh, just put that there, put that there, put that there. Well, that's what I mean. It's like each clip is so random and wild. It just, because the guitar solo changes every whatever, how many bars, uh, it changes alongside this mad kind of like video footage it like it does make it's it's so chaotic that it makes sense and it's uh it sounds like it might have just been a happy accident or something i don't know but uh Um, well it wasn't like a true accident i did (coughs) i did um you know select the footage and put it all together but (laughs) it was the the video was done a lot more quickly than the the solo thing that one i did the actually the guitar solo um so I spent time making notes of what was going to happen on each key change, ah, right, making okay. sure they contrasted. Or oh, move that one there because there's another fast. I don't want two fast bits in a row, so I'll put that one there. I've written one guitar solo in my life, and um, I hated it. I had to like really, really think about how to, you know. Like what you just said there, oh, I don't want this fast bit to be after another fast bit, and and uh-huh. like, and I I just hit. I'm not a soloist, um, by any means, but I got a taste of what it must be like for people who do write guitar solos, and uh, yeah, appreciate how you can do it. Like definitely, um, it's fantastic stuff. But Lubick. And then um, I want to talk about Tarquin as well. Okay. So this has got another kind of like 
almost improv section in it as well. Like it's 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 comedy, man. Like it's it's brilliant. Yeah, there's it's, that, there's so definitely who, that, that who, element to it. Who's who in that? Is it is it just one of yous or is it a couple? That's of just that's me doing both. That's parts. you doing both parts in, in one take as well. Was it? Yeah. Was it just like stream of consciousness kind of thing, or did you? No, did no. You I write was, I was cycling here? cycling to work one day and. I'd had the idea for the rhythm, <coughs> the uh, the bang, go go, and and wanted to do something simple that was that was pretty much just a rhythm, mm-hmm. uh, with no real notes. It's just like a noisy uh, sort of cluster chord, and and I wanted something to go with it, like just to to contrast it really starkly. So I thought. Would just have no other instruments and just have the voice. But then, what would the voice do? How can you make something sound really nasty and like appropriate for for heavy metal without just sort of shouting all the time about death and that? <laughs> um, and then I was, I was cycling to work and I just got this idea for the character and I, I said out loud as I mean, luckily there was no one around. I just said, okay. "My <laughs> mummy said I have to stop playing with my willy." And I got yeah. <laughs> and then it, it just went from there. It was it was quite a nice moment of uh, inspiration, really. Uh-huh. And then by the time I got home from work, quickly wrote down a few ideas, and I had the piece ready for 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 Andrew and uh, uh, and I just said like, just give, give him the sort of directions like right, play this rhythm, and then stop, and then I'll do a bit, and then do it again. And then, and because we we know each other that well, musically, we mm-hmm. were able to just go through the whole thing in one go without ever having played it before, right? Without him having heard it, and then uh-huh. we finished, and we just like started laughing, going, oh, "Fucking man!" <laughs> <laughs> it's good when that happens. So you've got like this, you've got this good <coughs> bond with him, then, and like, yeah, how would definitely. you describe the uh, the the connection between the two years? And well, we we played in. Played played guitar together in in different bands for I've probably known them for twenty years or more, um, and and the the bands that we played guitar together, I was doing a lot of the writing and and trying to um, introduce you know atonal and sort of polyrhythmic and unusual sounds mm-hmm. but a lot of the time it was it was quite difficult it was uh, it was pushing pushing everyone to the the highest levels of their their musician musicianship at the time and and eventually just just like me him and bully was playing guitar all kind of understand that that musical language now and then we then we tried when when you've been in london we tried to get Sorry to interrupt. We've no, got no. a bullfinch down there. You see him? Male bullfinch down on the reeds right there. Um, I can't see it. Yeah, down there. He's just flown oh, away. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. see him? Okay, yeah, class. He's got a nice red breast. Uh-huh. Got a black head. Right. Um, similar looking to a chaffinch. Grey wings with like a white stripe on the tip of his wings. White under the wings. Uh huh. Lovely birds. Very nice birds. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. You were saying. Um, oh well. Just that we played played together for so long. Um, 
kind of it just gets where I'm coming from with my writing and he's really open-minded as well and then mm -hmm. we tried to set up this band um, with me me and him on guitar another lad on bass and the drummer and the drummer was saying that like when me and Andrew were discussing guitar parts it's like we've got our own language right yeah and and he was it was also like I mean that didn't work out and then we tried a few other things but eventually we we decided we f we found that we started doing Black Shape just as a laugh really, and it was kind of like, you know, a side project to our main what what was what we thought of at the time as like our main band. Yeah. Or or bands because we've always been doing like other stuff as well, like independent mm -hmm. of one another. Um, but then it got it got to the point where. We just wanted to play like massive heavy riffs and, and get pissed really. So we started booking a practice room and he was playing drums even though he didn't play drums. But yeah. it was that much fun. We started looking for gigs and then the gigs um, just came in. The, gig, the gigs we were getting with Black Shape were better, better promoted and better attended and better received oh, right, than yeah. the, other than the stuff that we were doing that was supposed to be more serious. Um, and then. Over the years, his, his drumming's improved, but it's, it it's really all has. Yeah. In our understanding of like what what we want to do, what we expect from Black Shape, and has has deepened, and and it it's good to work with because he's really open-minded. So I know that there's there's never going to be any idea that I would have that it would go, nah, that's too much, or yeah. like, nah, that's that's too daft. I mean, if anything, yeah. he has he has madder ideas than what I have. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's so that's what what he what he brings is his open mindedness, um, and and he just like just totally up for it all the time, and and plus like out of like because we I moved to London about twelve years ago and then a few years later he came, um, and we didn't really have that that many other people that we had that much in common with so we just kind of stuck together because nobody else would have got where we were coming from um so yeah i mean we, we played together like all our musical lives really yeah um but now he's just he's switched to drums and it it means that we can't do as much mad guitar mm. interplay but it's 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 working like for what it is. Oh, you see him? Oh yeah, deer. Got a nice deer right in front of her. Um, are they supposed to have horns? Maybe it's a female. Yeah. Probably a female. Yeah. Do do they have more more females than what they have males? Like the there be a herd of, of all females and then just one stag who kind of... I have no idea. I don't know like anything about deers. The males are trying to should, we, should we refer to our specialist? Should we find out if he's a deer expert? <laughs> We're saying 50-50 on the... Uh, <laughs> the harem of deers. I like that. Um, yeah, it looks young. Think it's a different one than the one we've seen. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I have seen a stag here before once. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, Andrew's an, another one who's just like one of these uber talented musicians. Just has this kind of like knack of just picking up any instrument and just doing it. I've seen him play guitar amazingly. I've seen him play bass guitar amazingly. And now he's playing drums, and no surprise that he's tremendous as as a drummer as well. Um, yeah, it's a it's a good match. You two, you, you uh-huh. seem you seem like you've got a really good connection. I am. Um, <clears throat> I have some notes that I wanted to talk about. Um, Can I go for a wee? Yes, yes, you may. See, that's a good thing about coming to Birdhide. You, you meet really nice people. And, uh, I don't know. And we're, we're learning as well, aren't we? We're learning, yeah. Now, now we're on, we're on. There's no safety net now. So. Okay. Um, but we had, we had a little break there. Um, the folks who were in the podcast, uh, the, in the in the Birdhide, sorry. The folks who were in the Birdhide have just left. So um, it's just Dave and I. And uh, yeah, I, before we broke, I was uh, going to whip up some notes. Um, can't can't see any birds. Yeah, I think maybe all that noise that we were just making probably yeah, I guess disturbed so. them slightly. Right, I did a little um, did a little uh, text to a, a mutual friend of ours to to ask what I should talk about. Was it bully? It was Bully, yeah. <laughs> Bully, fax machine. Also a member of the live Black Sheep. Yeah, when, right? when when we can, I mean, we did, he played, because Pete, Pete Curry, he played bass on mm-hmm. the one that's coming out next. And we were going to try and make that a permanent thing, but then pandemic and logistically, and then we're going to have Bully on guitar as well. Um, but it's, it's tough because we live so far away from one another, we couldn't mm-hmm. really make it work. Um, but when we do, when we can, or if it's a special occasion, then we'll we'll play as a four piece, and it just uh, it just sounds mint. Yeah, I mean massive. We, yeah, well we try we try and work. We try and do um, make a two piece the main thing because that's it's more portable and it's um, yeah. you know it's our main sort of creative uh, vehicle. But when we when we play with the with the other lads, there's stuff that we that we can do that we can't as a two-piece. Yeah. And it does sound mint with them as well. Nice. It's but good to have got, those options, isn't it? Yeah, well, for the duo, we've we've been getting a, a bass amp hooked up through a splitter pedal through. Yeah. So we put the bass and then through an octave pedal, so it sends the signal down an octave as well as the guitar amp. And it sounds pretty huge. So what is... Is it just kind of like, are you using just the top strings? Have you got one of those mad pickups where you just pick up the top strings? Sorry, the low strings. No, no, it's just standard just all guitar, kind of stand, but yeah. it's, tuned, it's tuned right down. It just means that you you can pretty much only play single notes. Yeah, so that's no, why I was asking so that. So we yeah, can't yeah. play Lubick as a two-piece, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but we, we're able to figure out a way to play most of our stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and that's the one that we usually play with. Yeah. I mean, we've we've, tr- we've tried other people, but it's but Bully and Pete, because we've known them for so long, they just immediately get 
where we're coming from. Yeah. So, and they're both class musicians. They are both very good musicians. I want yeah. Bully on this podcast really, really badly. Uh huh. So if you're listening, Dave, he'll hear it at some point. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, he will do. So he's um, I thought of myself. I'd reach out and I'd get some like maybe. My message was, any juicy inside info slash interesting facts I should draw out of him. That was my text I bet his answer was obscene. No, no, was actually, it, it was very wholesome. Bins? Very. No, it was nothing to do with the bins. All right. Um, was it about jazz? Um, and there's a little bit about jazz. Um, first thing that he mentioned was that you've got four cats and you're obsessed with your cats. My brother's got four cats. We've only got two. He knows we've got two cats. He's met them. Sorry. I've read this wrong. I've read this wrong. He's absolutely obsessed with a cat. Got four cat calendars at Christmas. Oh, no, we've got three cat calendars. <laughs> and I've I bought two of them. <laughs> you bought, you bought two calendars? Yeah. Well. well, I thought I picked one up and then I felt it was like it was one of them little ones. And uh-huh. then, but then there was a, I didn't see there was a bigger one of, of cats and that. And I felt a bit sorry for the shop because there wasn't that many people in. And it was. And I thought, oh, well, I'll just get two and then we'll put one somewhere and we'll have another one. Elsewhere. In another room. Yeah. And and then Kathleen, that's my partner, um, of probably 11 years now. Oh, wow. Um, her mum got us another cat calendar, so we ended up with three. Um, and then since... Cause I didn't really want any pets because we had such a an easy time where, like, for example, if on a Friday we we go for for dinner or whatever, or we go to the pub after work, me and Kathleen, and and we could say, oh, what do you want to do this weekend? And then we'd be like, oh, let's go to, I don't know, let's go to Margate. Oh, yeah, should we go for the weekend then? Da, da, da. And then... And then within like five minutes, the whole thing is booked, and you, and then you're mm-hmm. away the next morning for the weekend and that. But now we can't. So I was saying like, you know, if we, if we were to get cats, and plus I don't think we were actually allowed them in our flat. Right. But then <laughs> we do, she just done it anyway, and now I'm just absolutely gaga for these two cats. Oh yeah. Yeah. So what are your cats called? Well, we've got we've got. I've just just seen that mouse under the. Um, Did you? Yeah. Oh, nice. Under the branches. We've got two cats from uh, Celia Hammond um, Cat Shelter in um, in Canning Town in East London. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the mum and then we've got the, uh, her kitten uh, at the same time. He was only little when we got him. And we called her Artemis. And uh, there's the mouse. Still there, is he? Watch him move in a minute. I don't see him. Which side is he on? Uh, did oh. you see him dip back in the thing I think I there? did see him there, out the corner of my eye. I'll keep, I'll keep an eye on him. Yeah. Um, so the the mum, she's <coughs> called Artemis, and the, the mm-hmm. boy, he's called Alan. Because <laughs> I wanted to call him Alan and Lynn, after Alan Partridge's uh, long-suffering assistant, mm-hmm. but I w- wasn't allowed. Ah, oh, right. <laughs> and then she got to call Alan Archimedes, and I was saying, I'm not saying that. It's too oh, long. Archimedes. Yeah, so, so I just started calling him Alan, and now he's now he's just Alan. Alan, such yeah. a good name for a cat. Yeah, when, uh, he's um, 
Well, the, the mum cat, Artemis, she was um, she was just really, really scared. Like I don't know what mm. what she went through before she came to us. But whatever it whatever it was made her, like really sort of wary, distrustful of of yeah. people. So she hid behind the sofa for for about a week. Mm-hmm. And we moved a litter tray and all the food so that it was next to her and and um it's taken over two years now and then we well, I mean, probably about six months ago we got to the point where she would actually let you stroke her. Yeah. But it's taken that long. So I don't know I don't know what happened to her, but it must have been kind of bad yeah it's a shame um, but now she, now she comes in every I think there's a there's a change that happens in your breathing as you go from being properly asleep to to coming awake uh-huh. and she can hear it mm-hmm. and then or maybe not maybe she just knows something but like every morning now she's at the side of the just on the on the floor like she'll not climb up onto the bed or she has oh, done really? three three times when <laughs> I've been in wow um, I wish that was like that with my cat well, no, because I've seen what you're like with your cat, and he climbs up on your shoulders and everything. Yeah. And that's, that's I would love that. Ah, uh, right, okay. Because yeah. Alan, he, he climbs up on us, and he, I he think pick him up. And it comes at a price, Dave. Uh, having a cat that that that's that like friendly with you and jumps up on you all the time, it means that he does that all. It's not just when I play guitar <laughs> all the time. Yeah. So I'll be sat at my desk, and he'll be like, um, like I was playing video games last night, and. Um, I was flying a helicopter and he jumped up on my desk in the game. I was, uh-huh, I was flying yeah. a helicopter and um, he walked over my keyboard and he ejected myself from my helicopter when I was mid-flight uh-huh. and killed us in the game. Oh, dear. So I was uh, a little bit annoyed at him for that. Yeah. But it was funny, so I didn't mind. But uh-huh. um, in the mornings, he he is, like, on me face. Like, <laughs> I would love scratch- that. Yeah, but he, like... He like tests to see if you're awake. Obviously, he, like he pauses first without yeah, any that's claws. Yeah, Alan, Alan does that. And then he gets his, if you're not responsive, he then uh-huh. gets his claws out a little bit and just like st- takes a little snick at you. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, it comes with a price, Dave. Um, I'd much rather he like my cat would leave me alone in the morning to wake up naturally. Uh-huh. Um, no, I, but I he's, like he's good alarm clock as well. Actually, yeah. to be fair. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Alan comes in in the morning. Um, but usually I'm I'm up I'm up early anyway. Mm-hmm. If if I'm not, he'll come in and climb on us. Oh right, okay. So I'm up. I'm very much a late starter. Yeah. Dear me, yeah. Are you an, are you an early bird? I am very much so. Yeah, you yeah. probably have to with your job, yeah. Well, I do, but I get up before me alarm anyway. I'm usually up by five. Oh, wow. wow, five o'clock. Oh, good segue to the next thing that Dave mentioned. Um, He's been writing stories for a few years. Gets up at five a.m. to play guitar and write stories. Please, uh, yeah, share well, a little bit on this. Um, well, Bully come down to London. Me, him, and Claver went to see uh, the Swedish metal band Meshuggah. Okay, yeah, yeah. And and we were all really drunk. And the next day we were in the in the pub with for a bit of hair of the dog, mm-hmm. all like really hung over and that and. It, and I start I expressed this uh, desire to start writing fiction, science fiction stories, and then we had me and Bully was just like talking about all all ideas and that, and I, I wanted it to be something to do with time travel, 
or like some kind of immortal being who is because I was reading this book on the, the history of London at the time and 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 d- during my time living there we'd gone on like sort of historic walks and that and exploring the the history of the city like the 2000 or more years of it and I thought it would be good if there was I mean books like this do exist where this it's like characters that live through the whole of history through in London. Mm-hmm. But then what would it be if there was like some kind of immortal, two like kind of Highlander, immortal guys who, who are like warring it out over the centuries, over oh, millennia. Okay, yeah. But then that sort of morphed into this, um, this idea of uh, like, I got some kids involved after watching Stranger Things. Oh, I was okay, thinking, oh, yeah. yes, this is, like, it's always much f- more fun and when, like, when you when the kids are doing stuff and the, and the adults are kind of not believing them, mm-hmm. and the, but the kids are just like, no, right, we're doing this anyway. And, and so these kids get transported to the future where there's these two uh, immortals and they get involved. And, and it's basically Harry Potter in the future. <laughs> but and, and I had like a bunch of other ideas. I wrote I wrote a story called Greece Three, <laughs> which takes over from where Greece Two left off. But then <laughs> but then there's loads of but it's it's in this other dimension as well where Danny Zuko has gone mad with power and he's become this uh, like evil emperor emperor, and um, but also the the the, the people the mind realm of Plerindithia transports the other useful characters that it knows are going to be able to solve this problem of the evil Emperor Zuko, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, including uh, uh. Nora Batty from Last of the Summer Wine and Compo wow. and Clegg and Foggy. Uh, and uh, I've received, a, I received yeah. a compliment from someone saying that me Last of the Summer, Summer Wine dialogue was, was very accurate. Um, also, Ed Two O Nine from RoboCop. Oh, and uh, Mart- D- the Doc and Marty from Back of the Future. They end up going through a portal and ended up in the mind realm of Plerindithia and helping to overthrow the evil Emperor Zuko. That's amazing. And I've done some Last of the Summer Wine fan fiction during lockdown. <laughs> um, but they, and I've got like a bunch of other ideas. But it's was it the saucy fan fiction? No, it was action packed. <laughs> it was like it was, well, they were based on other. 80s action films like there's one Big Trouble in Little Holmfirth oh my word and also right. one that's based based on the first Rambo First Blood where Compo goes mad in the woods and like just starts killing people Whoa. and then Foggy with his like army army experience he has to be the one to like talk him down and be like now nah, come on you've, you've killed too many people Compo <laughs> but the, oh. the, un- the need what have you seen I think that might have been a bird of prey just came and sat in a tree Oh, did you see I it there? I've seen something. I c- We're kind of blocked by this, this holly tree that's right in front of us, blocking mm. the view. Um, we'll keep an eye out. I'm really interested in these um, these fan fictions anyway. So. Uh-huh. Well, they need, they need rewriting, but it's so time-consuming. I'm still trying to finish the first draft of this this time travel one. It's called Mega London. <laughs> uh, and it, so in the future, where these kids get transported, the... Um, the the city has expanded to become Mega London, and then there's this um, evil um, entity who's, who's taken on human form. Currently, uh, and he's got this. They've got, all got these um, implants in their heads, like all the people 
and you do you do, do your online shopping and things just with your brain. Just think about it. So it's like a smartphone, but it's in your brain. And and he's gonna he's gonna flick this switch one day. And it, is that a crow? it was just a crow? I think all along. Right there he is. Yeah, just a crow. Um, and he's gonna switch the the things over so that he has con- control of all the citizens and. Um, so you've got to you've got to infiltrate the base. You've got to bring the shields down, all the, all the classic shit like. Yeah. And then, and then save the world, but a bunch of other ideas pending as well. But I'm still trying to finish this one, and but there's just so much. You know what I mean? Like when you've got your day job and then you've got, um, you do, you just never seem to have as much time as you would like. I mean, I guess it's just how you prioritize that time, mm-hmm. but. But we we kind of I'm focusing mostly on music just because that's the thing that we've got the most traction with. Yeah. So is there going to be like a like a oh my god a dog? <laughs> the dogs just ran in front of us chasing a squirrel away. Hello, sir. All right. Or madam. That's it. That's it. He's gone. Fleeting, fleeting visit. Um. So is there going to be some kind of like concept album? There's there's got to be scope for concept. Well, I mean, well, actually, we were, we were going to write Grease Three, the musical. Oh my god, You've <laughs> got to do that, man. Yeah, You've I mean, to. I had I had some ideas for it as well. well I had like because well, 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 it's a bit where Nora Batty and Ed Two O Nine first first meet each other, <laughs> right. and it, and it's one of them um, where they start off like battling but then in in the end through a common enemy they have to work together mm-hmm. so it's going to be like a tune called Nora Batty versus Ed 209 wow um and a bunch of other there was going to be like a a, a ballad sung from Compo's perspective just called Nora oh right yeah and other happen, than that there was, there's there's like a big there's a, a hoverboard race as well that that Marty accidentally gets involved in mhm and uh, unintentionally he wins it, but then that kind of that, that draws more attention to him, and eventually, uh, Kaniki, who's who's under control of the evil evil Emperor Zuko, mm-hmm. he, like corners Marty, and Marty's saying, "Oh shit, he's going to kill us," uh, but he doesn't. He's like, "Listen, I, I can help get you in. I can help overthrow the Emperor." And so it was a very mm-hmm. loose idea. We had, but then we had sort of more practical, more easily achievable. Or re- realistic things to do, like just normal songs. <laughs> so we haven't got round to Grease Three, the musical. Oh, one day. Yet. One day. Uh huh. I think you're prolific enough that it'll just come out eventually. Yeah, maybe it will. I mean, we've got like, we've got this one that's about to come out, and we've got another one mm-hmm. that's coming out after, and then we've got another one we've just finished recording that features uh, different instrumentation and different ideas. Um, so we've got saxophone and there's some more improvised um, pieces, uh, s- sections. And then and then we thought we'd maybe try and do a bit more of that. Yeah. A bit more improvising. and But I'm not, but before that, anyway, we're in the process of writing, well, it's almost finished writing, um, a c- concept album about bins. Okay. That's the next That's one we're, we're going to record. And then okay. after that, we'll try this. Improvising thing, I think, and then after that, Grease Three. So why bins? You used to work in the bins or something, just, didn't you? Yeah, just because I'm a I'm a bin enthusiast. Having worked as a, I worked as a bin loader on um, 
in Washington for two and a half years, I think. Mm-hmm. And then, and then once, and that just became like, it's, a, it's just something that you take for granted until you do it. Like, and then, because I ended up building fences for a couple of years as well. And then now every time I pass a fence, I'm, I'll have a look at it. You're like reading maybe it. Wobble yeah. the post and see if they sound or yeah. be like, oh, that post's rotten at the bottom there. That's, that's, just, that's why the fence is leaning. I can't get into a lift without like, okay. listening to so a lift. No, I'm like that with bins as well. And then after a few years of doing different jobs in London, I ended up with a job doing the emptying the bins in the different parks. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, maybe it's fate. <laughs> and I am, I am interested in. I always look in the bins. Like, oh, that bin needs emptying. And, yeah. And even on the telly, there was something, and I was looking in the background. And I said to Kathleen, "I said, look, see, see behind them. That, that bin needs doing, doesn't it? That bin and needs so, doing. <laughs> is that the lingo? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got to do the bins. <laughs> I remember you, you had a tune called the bins with Ugly Head, didn't you? That was with Mass. Mass. That was with the. One, no, it wasn't the first mass. There was a six-piece instrumental. Then we went a bit fusion, and then we went acoustic jazz, and then yeah. we went we went all out metal. And then that yeah. was when we had when I wrote the bins, the piece, the mm-hmm. one one riff wonder, and uh, and we still we still play it sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and just because it's really easy. Is it? <laughs> it's only two notes. <laughs> Is it? All right. I like. Um, I have to tell you this. Actually, you've just reminded us when you mentioned the six-piece mass at the very beginning. Um, you had like two bassists, I remember, <clears throat> and it was basically like a super group of the Newcastle music scene back in the day. Um, and you released this album <clears throat> with parts one, two, and three on. Yeah. Which was. Tremendous. I was um me and me mate me and me mate used to play Rainbow Six on the Xbox three sixty. Uh-huh. And it was around about the same time that you released that album and um it was it was the beginnings of being able to like put your own music on your computer consoles. Uh-huh. So I had your C D and I burned it onto me Xbox three sixty in the library. And you were able to listen to the music whilst you played on your console. So, yeah. So we played this Rainbow Six. It's called Rainbow Six Vegas, and it was a group of like special ops guys who were there. Was Vegas was under terrorist attack, uh-huh. and each level was like a different area of a casino or like diff- the the strip and all that kind of stuff. And I don't think I've ever told you this, but whenever I played that game with my mate Ify, um we used to listen to that album, and it was the perfect soundtrack to that game yeah just like breaking in through doors just <laughs> and it's like there's like really cool fucking doom riff that goes on for ages like uh i don't think i've ever told you that and no? i'm telling you now no. and uh-huh. uh oh well good yeah so there you go yeah it was the perfect got, got accompanying uh album for that for that video game uh-huh <laughs> so yeah Mass. And then, yeah, you, you went all jazz, and it, this is what I'm on about earlier on. Like, you just whipped out a full jazz quartet or quartet um, or whatever. Well, it was, it was a, started off as a quartet uh, because through <coughs> a series of different circumstances, we found ourselves without a bass player um, and, and three guitars and, and, uh, and Sean... 
But Sean, well, me and uh, one of the other guitar players, Barney, he was, we were both into like that Aldi Miola, Paco de Lucia thing, that, um, and John McLaughlin, the guitar trio. Right. And we thought, oh, we'll just, we'll just try that, because I'm usually happy to work with whatever situation I find myself in. Mm-hmm. So we were like, if that's, if that's what we've got, we might as well make the best of it. So Sean moved on to this little percussion kit. And then yeah. later on, it was John Pope who come in on bass upright. Yeah. And we started. Brilliant bassist, yeah. But it was just because that was, that was what we had to work with. Mm-hmm. We thought it would sound better with acoustic guitars than it would with three electric guitars. Is that your phone? Yeah, it's my phone, yeah. Yeah? You know, you know what it is? It's an alarm. I forgot that I'd set an alarm. I'm doing this thing where I take a, a selfie every day this year. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm sorry to interrupt, but I've got to do it. It has to be at the same time? It's got to be 12 o'clock every day. Okay. Where I just take a... I get me, me face in this little uh, thing... And there we go. I'm very sorry. That's no, no, don't worry about it. Totally and then you're going to put them all together. as. A and I put them all together. So I'll have like 360 photos of us at the end of the year. And I'm going to put them all together as like a little reel. Uh-huh. And it goes really fast. I've done it once before, like about 10 years ago. It was really cool. Uh-huh. Um, and you did the whole year? Uh, no, I didn't. I, I went traveling um, in like Southeast Asia. And I did it every day that I was away traveling. Mm-hmm. So, um, or thereabouts. Uh-huh. Yeah. So jazz guitars, right? Sorry, yes. <laughs> um, that was just the situation that we found ourselves in, so we, we were trying to make the best of it. And once I started getting material together for this lineup, it, it all just started coming out, and and it was really good fun. It was good good practice as well. Um, and then it turned out that once we got Pope, he turned out he's also like a bit of a metalhead, so. It was, I was trying to do something else at the time, something like a, a bit heavier, but that wasn't really happening. And then I thought, oh, well, I've got this material. Whoops. Got this material. Why don't we we'll bring our electric instruments along next time? And then we mm-hmm. started moving back into electric stuff, and that was when the bins and all the... Yeah. And we started getting heavy again. But it was just through... It was just like sort of circumstantial that we ended up playing jazz. Although I do... I, I did... Um, Really enjoy it. Yeah, you've. Uh, there's another thing that Dave mentioned was talk to him about jazz. Uh huh. And Radio Three. Radio Three. We've got Radio Three on like all the time. Yeah. Is that the, the one the to? Is that the one to listen to? Is it? Well, it's the one with like most proper music music on, mm-hmm. and and once you've listened to it for a while you kind of, it makes most of the stations just sound a bit like juvenile and daft. Yeah. Because it's all serious shit, like you've got your early music show, mm-hmm. you know, like loads of classical, you've got your jazz record requests and your J to Z, which is all the new new jazz stuff. I think Popey's been on there as well. Um, what, Archipelago? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. How do you, what's his name? Archipelago. Archipelago, yeah. Didn't want to get it wrong. So we have that on all the, all the time in the house, and mm-hmm. I do a lot of cooking. When I'm cooking, I'll put that on, and there's always something that you've never heard before, or there's, there'll be something, just something class with like mad ideas that you would never think to explore being like in a mm-hmm. in a rock or pop or any other like sort of folk band. They do have folk music on there, and, yeah. Um, but it's just 
it's like a purely musical like way of looking at things. Yeah. Or it teaches you to look at things that way. Okay. So yeah, we've, well, we've good always got Radio Three on. I'll give that. A, I'll give that a go. Yeah. Um, well, whenever I've stuck on, I've I've always been aware that Radio Three is the one which, which is exactly how you've just described, the one with like really interesting stuff that you've probably uh-huh. never heard of, and it'll probably introduce you to some new cool stuff. Um, but I'm just terrible with this. I I really prefer like talk radio. Uh-huh. I, I I don't know why. I just. I love just like listening to people have conversations, but not not like Radio One conversations, you know. Like I love the Archers and um, just a minute and all that kind of okay. stuff on Radio Four. Yeah, yeah. Kathleen kind of likes stuff. all the talking radio. Yeah. So whenever I like, whenever I go to radio or turn the radio on, I'm like, I usually like go to Radio Four and listen to all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Or smooth radio. Can't knock a, a little bit of smooth radio. All the smooth classics. Yeah. At seven well, they put Magic Soul on at work. Magic Soul. Yeah. It's a good good stuff on there. Oh, nice. Check it out. So for Radio 3, where would I start? Where would you recommend starting? Um, well, between 5 and 7, they've got a program called In Tune. Okay. And 5 and 7 on the, on the evening. Mm-hmm. And they usually have guests in, and it's, it's current, mostly. Yeah. Um, or just, just any time of day, really, just get into it. The breakfast show, it's, it's quite varied, although it does lean heavily towards the classical. Uh-huh. There's all different types of... Once you start getting into that, you realise there's, like, loads of different worlds yeah. of, like, the, the modern contemporary stuff right the way back to, to like, your early or your medieval. Wow. And and all the way through. So there's it's there's always something different. I mean, I would just say put it on and just give see. it a go. Oh, well. Breakfast show is usually good. Um yeah, into the Intune mixtape. Oh, I'll tell you this. This is interesting. Well, to me anyway, hopefully <laughs> to you. Um, the, when I first started listening to it, at, at the end of the Intune program, at seven o'clock, they have this thing called the Intune mixtape, uh-huh. and it's someone has put together a load of different bits of music, mm-hmm. but they've made them go into one another. Like, for example, it might be. The chord or whatever key this this bit ends in, mm-hmm. they'll find something from the the vast catalogue of of music through the ages yeah. that starts off on the same note same or the note. same key, but it'll be a contrasting piece. But the first time I heard it, I thought it was all one piece of music. So it was going <laughs> right. from this like this ethereal kind of modern sounding choir thing where they were all singing these these weird sort of discords and. Then it went into this this jazz piece. Uh, it was um, called "Blame It on My Youth," that I looked up later, and that was like with piano and vibraphones. I think mm-hmm. it was Chick Corea and Gary Burton. Um, then it went into this harp and piano, and then it went into uh, something more orchestral, mm-hmm. and it, just all in one thing though. And I was thinking, who wrote this? What kind of mind yeah. come up with this? And it, and I was and I was really inspired. I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna write a piece with that that goes into that, yeah, and then yeah. it goes in like a jazz thing. And and uh, so then you and became felt, that person. Well, <laughs> well, maybe not. There's that mouse. No, no, it's a bird. Uh, it's a oh, bird. that's um, <laughs> that's a female. That's a female um, goldfinch. Two female goldfinches. You see the one halfway up. There? Oh, yeah. Uh huh. The male counterpart uh-huh. is a uh, bright yellow and has a red, black and white head. Lovely okay. birds. They look tropical in a way. It's quite weird that they're uh-huh. here. That one's eating whatever that squirrel was eating. Yeah, it's it? in the same position, isn't it? 
Think, is it like grubs in that in the maybe in yeah the wood? Or someone might have put seed in there or something. Uh huh. Sorry, yes, yeah, so you were saying yeah, the Intune mixtape. Intune mixtape, okay. That's a so good. We'll give, that's a good place to start, really. Yeah, I I'll think give, I'll give that a blast. Yeah, jazz um, record requests always good. Always uh, yeah. hits on that. Yeah, I think there's something uh, something about January, the, the start of the new year, which kind of like gets me me creative juices flowing and. Me, I start looking for like new, interesting things to be getting up to, uh-huh. and uh, it's just from talking about Radio Three. I think that might be something that I give a give a whirl. Uh huh. Let's um, refer back to me notes from Dave. There's um, don't worry, that's it's pretty much the chunk of it. Um, let's have a look. Here we go. Also, he loves pop music. He's big into Ariana Grande. Is that for real or is that a joke? Oh no, it's it's not. A joke. I'm not, not like massively into her, but I've got one of the albums with the uh, um the one that's based on my favorite things. But then she's like ding 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 ding. Apparently they have to pay the um the. The Rogers and Hammerstein. Is that the composers? Yeah, they had to pay them like nearly all the money from it. Oh, is it? It was like really well sweet symphony situation then. Yeah, is it? something like that. But the, just the production, like I mean, I like. Well, I love metal, and or just like just, just like all kinds of music. It's like whatever suits your mood. Like there might be. It's good. Listening to a bit of metal and like rocking out and that, but then the the sort of if you refer to that as maybe driving around really quick in some kind of armored tank or whatever, <laughs> then like if you put something on that's really well produced R and B sort of thing like yeah. Mariah Carey or Ariana Grande, it's like just sort of being a, being chauffeur driven on a like a really nice limousine with like relaxing yeah. his sofa, especially with like if you've got good headphones on I see what you mean I, uh-huh. I get your vision there yeah That's but good. yeah I mean I've got one of our albums and I do uh, it's good for train journeys are good for listening to stuff that you may, you've been meaning to get around to listening to mm-hmm. um, but I like uh, like uh, vocal dexterity as well like mm-hmm. And that's something I'm going to try and get into on this uh, Bins album as well. A couple of like ah. rapid fire vocal passages. Get in. That I think, because another thing that we, me and Andrew are aware of is that we try and do stuff that that f- fits within the, the hard rock category, but mm-hmm. that like a lot of bands wouldn't look at as a as a thing that they could do. Yeah. Or that the the bands shouldn't do. So you kind of like. Like blending genres and in that sense, in a yeah, way, yeah. Or, or like looking beyond just heavy music for, uh, for other yeah, musical yeah, yeah. ideas, mate. Like, that's that's the that's when people come up with stuff that you know sticks and and you know people pay attention to that kind of stuff. Mm. So it's a really interesting way of thinking about it, and um. Yeah, I'm excited to hear this this uh, Ariana Grande inspired. Well, it's song. it's not you're not gonna <laughs> he, you're not gonna hear it and go, oh, that sounds like Ariana Grande. <laughs> no, get what's your producer name again? Sorry, what's what name? Your producer. 
Oh, Wayne, 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 yes. Wayne Adams is his name. You should, um, and he's, um, he's, he's also, you can edit this out if, if you think it's too much, but he's, okay. he's recently lost his cat. His, oh, um, his name that. was Baxter, and I never met him, uh, but I've seen plenty of photos of him, and I heard a lot about him, and, and mm-hmm. it, I gather from, from every, everyone says he was like a good, good lad. Yeah. So well, if Wayne is listening to this, uh, commiserations. I hope you're doing all right, mate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've I've been there before myself. It's horrible. Yeah, um, but that's Wayne. He, he runs Bear, Bear by Toss. Is his studio? Is his studio is yeah. in in Hackney? Is it? It's in yeah. Hackney. It's in Haggerston. Yeah. And he also he does um. You know Igor Cavalera from Sepultura. I know Sa- Sepultura. You know the drummer. Uh, no, not really. All right, oh, he's got a thing not with him. He's got this he? duo where oh, right. okay. he plays drums. And then Wayne aren't does they like, like a oh. Brazilian band or something? He's Brazilian. Yeah. Uh, Wayne's ah. not Brazilian though. No, Sepultura were yeah were, were like a Brazilian uh-huh. rock yeah. band. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, he does a oh, thing with cool. him, and then he's got this other band as well. Um, that's just like really nasty, thrashy blah, metal. Uh-huh. Uh, they're nice. called Wasted Death. Brilliant. And they're. They've got a lad from USA Nails, who are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, really good. Um, and this other band, that I don't think they exist anymore, but they were called Beggar. And they were heavy as fuck. Well, and they, were, they got produced by Wayne as well. That's mm-hmm. probably how he knows them. And they've got um, quite a talented vocalist as well. He does all that, that wide range of different metal styles from like, you know, uh, right, to yeah. like, whoa. Sort of thing. That, that's a talent in itself. Yeah. Isn't it? like really, well, that's really what he does. I mean, and he produces um, bands all the time. Um, I think I want to I want to touch on one more thing very briefly. Um, you recently released an album uh, of a cover a, a covers album uh-huh. of a of an old band called Mind Guts. Mind Guts. Yeah. Um, I personally hadn't heard of this band before. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I'm assuming not nah, many people had either. Not many people have. No. No, we um, only did one or two gigs. One or two gigs. Uh, uh, in the early and I was, 90s. I was just wondering if you could tell me a little bit about the band, Mind well, Guts. Cleaver's, um, Cleaver's cousin. All right, okay. It was his band. Right. Uh, and then they, they only made one recording. It's really primitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, they gave us permission to put it online and then... Also, uh, to get him to write out all all the lyrics and that as well, because you can't you can't hear a thing on can't this really recording. Can't really make them out. No. Yeah. Um, but they they because t- it, it was some kind of family event or something, and then Cleaver was talking to his cousin, and he said, "Oh, I'll let you hear this stuff." And he heard it, and even though the recording's terrible, the material was really good. And we were going just in one of them things where you get a bit carried away with an idea, mm-hmm. and then and then you get too carried away, and it becomes real. Yeah, we started doing that, and then we ended up doing the whole. So what? Thing. Uh, are the bands still alive? Are they still around? Or I don't even know. No, so I mean, you his, don't know co- if his cousin's heard. still alive, but I yeah. don't know if they've probably heard it. I think he said his, he sent it to his cousin, or he's told him about it. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, it's good. That's also on Spotify. If you uh, if you care to go and listen to it, I think um, you know when you get like a Spotify wrapped. When people are put at the end really. of the year, I'm quite new to it. So it's this thing that Spotify do where you can you can kind of show off what you've been listening to over the year, uh-huh. and they give you all of these little video clips to post on your social medias and yeah. stuff, and these little these kind of um, these 
pictures where it says, I mostly listen to Ariana Grande. I am in the top 1% of Ariana Grande's fans on Spotify. Yada, yada, yada. A lot of people do it to show off. A bunch of people do it to say, like, oh, look, me kids are listening to me Spotify. Look at what they're listening to. They're listening to the yeah, Porgy the Pig soundtrack or whatever uh-huh. that's called. Uh, Percy Pig. No. Pepper Pig. Pepper Pig. There you go. Um, but mine... Um, Mine this year, I never post mine because I just think it's a bit indulgent. But um, you released um, your your cover album of of Mind Guts, like maybe it was November, December, was it? Yeah, it's quite like late that. in the year, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Um, and because the songs are all about like a minute long, two minutes long, um, I would I listen to them quite uh, a lot. Two minutes is pushing it. Yeah, yeah, it's like fifteen seconds. Yeah. Something, yeah. Aren't yeah. It? Um, so I listened to that album on repeat. I think like any car journey, be it like a five minute car journey to the to to the shops, like I could listen to the album like twice through or something. Uh-huh. Uh and 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 because of that, my Spotify wrapped at the end was my own music. Uh-huh. <laughs> um shamelessly. Um and the entire Mind Guts album, just like oh, it was like you listen to Mind Guts like album 50 times or something yeah, like that. Yeah, but it didn't take No, I was like take very long. Yeah, but I only listened to it for about like a couple of hours in, uh-huh. in, in total. Um so yeah, you were you were probably like you were probably like top of me Spotify raft or something like that. Well, good. Very uh-huh. very good strategy on your old uh Well, that, was, that wasn't why we did it. <laughs> no, no, but it's uh it's 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 all about the like really short songs on Spotify these days, isn't it? That's what people yes. are doing. Oh, I'm going to see that mouse again. Oh, the mouse is... Mouse is going to say... Oh, there he is. Yep. Hey! Well, with that being said, we've been recording... Oh, I have to mention Rat Run Records as well. Oh, yeah, Rat Run one. Records. So who's yeah. Rat Run Records? That's... Um, there's a guy called Rob who, who comes to... Well, he's just like active on the London... Um, the music scene, yeah, and and they're the ones that are putting out the next one and the one after, and probably one after as well. Yeah, they're they're releasing it on cassette, am I right? Yep. Yeah, limited looks, thing of looks amazing because nobody can not at our level, no one no one can afford vinyl, and or it takes like forever now to get it back or something. So we're doing like we're doing fifty cassettes of this one, and fifty of the next one. Amazing. Uh, I've always wanted to put an album out on, on cassette. I think I might do something similar. Uh-huh. Um, flexi discs apparently a good thing. I don't know these what days. Is. Well, it's vinyl, but it's like a really floppy kind of low quality um, plastic. Uh-huh. Used to get them in like NME back in the days and like um, what, Kerrang is this, and all as that. Big as a just like a seven inch oh, flexi right. disc, but it's usually like a square, mm-hmm. and they obviously just kind of like press them really easily, and it's really cheap to do. Apparently, that's that's a. Uh, because of the resurgence in vinyl these days, flexi discs also like very recently started creeping up. Yeah. So uh, it's maybe you've mentioned that to your, your record label. Uh huh. Well, if if anyone has loads of money and wants to do vinyl, then maybe we'll do that. But yeah. I think just getting it online is our main priority, really. Yeah, I think that's the way you, that people are going to hear it. You've done you've done so much the last year, like getting everything out, up on Spotify and 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 all of the platforms and stuff. It's been brilliant to see, and I'm glad. Uh, 
I'm glad to see you you gigging you're gigging in Newcastle on March the tenth. Am I right? Yeah, the we've got cool our yard. first first ever three three nights in a row thing. We've got Glasgow on the, the night before Newcastle, and then and then Newcastle. Then, but I think we've got one in Nottingham the day after. Amazing, yeah. It's great to see you um, touring, essentially. Yeah, that's pretty a tour, much. Man. Yeah, little tour. Little tour. It's all we can afford to do these days, isn't it? Well. Time-wise I mean, and money-wise. Yeah, we would we'd try and get more, but, we, you know, we just, like, kind of not... Um, just not that well-established, having been mm-hmm. a bit sort of... I don't know if it's laziness or just ignorance of the whole idea of, like, promoting yourself. Um, yeah. Cause it, or, or it's just, like, prioritising the music above everything else and... But then that's it's probably to our detriment, having mm. not not done any kind of networky stuff or building up contacts and that, which is really yeah. shit at that. Um, but we are making a concerted effort to change that. Well, I think the music speaks for itself, and um, you know I think uh, if you keep doing what you're doing, it's like it's going to be no problem at all. Yeah, that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, hopefully um, we'll just cr- just crack on and keep going. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I would be able to stop really. So just before we go, uh, how was your experience bird watching? What what have is have you have you taken anything away from it or? It's been. Um, or do you hate it? Very pleasant. <laughs> no, no, I don't hate it at all. I, I like this. I like being in this kind of environment. Yeah. Because um, I, I think one of the things that I want to promote with the podcast is the importance of getting out into nature and experiencing. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I've, 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 work, I've worked outdoors for, um, well, I worked in the park for over a, about, about a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. And then before that, I was working outdoors as well. I was building fences. Um, and I don't think I could go back to working indoors now. I'm outside all the time, like all like every day. Yeah. Um, and we go um, go walking in the countryside and that was like in the, on a weekend, me and Kathleen often get the train out mm-hmm. when there's no strikes on. Yeah. Um, get the train out to to uh, a neighbouring uh, county, and just go walking all day. Lush man. So we do all, all that kind of thing. She goes wild swimming. Wow. In the like in the winter and that as well. Ooh, I'd like Which to get I've into d- that. I've done it in the summer. In the south of England. Yeah. <laughs> in the nice warm river. Oh, no. My experience has been very enjoyable, very relaxing, and I've I've been somewhere I've never been before. And Excellent. Well, I I love places like this, nice and quiet, and you know, natural. We've had our little animal friends. Yeah, loads of little animal friends. Right. I particularly liked the mouse that kept popping up. Uh huh. I think that's a podcast. Well, I've kept first. I've kept kept my eye on it on there. Yeah. Seen seen it a few times. Yeah. Very cute little mouse. That's his house. It looks like probably it, it? Yeah. yeah. Just like kind of a a pile of pile of trees, basically. Pile of, pile of like loggy loggy stuff. Yeah. In between sticks and logs, aren't they? Yeah. Like not as thin as a stick or as thick as a log. Yeah. But then they go out. When does a stick become a log? Who knows? Aye. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks very much, Dave. Your album, Fuck Me, comes out on January the 25th. Yep. Am I right? Yes. Correct. Um, And by the sounds of it, we've got much more to come. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, loads.
Thank you very much. No, thank you. Ciao, ciao. There it is, episode 12 with Dave Burtis of Black Shape. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please give it a little like, a little subscribe, maybe leave a review. Send me an email. Um, what's the email address? Hideandspeakpodcast at gmail.com. Social media platforms are all at Hideandspeakpodcast. And yeah, if you haven't already, go and check out Black Shape. Their albums are tremendous. If you love that kind of high energy riffs, rock music with really good drums, really funny kind of like lyrics, uh, it's perfect for you. Go and check them out. Also, check out their live dates. I'm pretty sure they're coming through again soon. And uh, yeah, go and give Dave some love. I can't wait to hear about these books that he's writing as well. Hopefully, he gets those published because. Um, I'd really like to read some of those stories that seemed really funny. Um, but yeah, thanks to Dave for being on the podcast. And yeah, I guess that's it. But also, before you go, remember I've got that gig on May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. Just remember Star Wars Day at Wyland Brewery in Newcastle. Tickets are on sale now. I've just released that new single. It's called Summer Hide. Go and check it out. Let me know what you think. And I will see you for episode 13, which is going to be Rosie Plain. Can't wait to uh, put that one out. My conversation with Rosie was absolutely fantastic. She played at the Star and Shadow in Newcastle in March. And yeah, it was, a, it was a really good night. And she was very kind to give me some time and come to the bird hide with me. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. It's coming out in a couple of weeks. And yeah, thank you very much for listening. Uh, Have a lovely Easter weekend and yeah, speak to you soon. Bye bye.